This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Preparation for the Christmas season can often feel busy and frantic, but it doesn't have to be this way. Keep listening to hear more about Betty Dickinson's new book, Making Room in Advent. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Lamentations chapter 2 through Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. The prophet speaks, Alas, the Lord has covered daughter Zion with his anger. He has thrown down the splendor of Israel from heaven to earth. He did not protect his temple when he displayed his anger. The Lord destroyed mercilessly all the homes of Jacob's descendants. In his anger, he tore down the fortified cities of daughter Judah. He knocked to the ground and humiliated the kingdom and its rulers. In fierce anger, he destroyed the whole army of Israel. He withdrew his right hand as the enemy attacked. He was like a raging fire in the land of Jacob. It consumed everything around it. He prepared his bow like an enemy. His right hand was ready to shoot. Like a foe, he killed everyone, even our strong young men. He has poured out his anger like fire on the tent of daughter Zion. The Lord, like an enemy, destroyed Israel. He destroyed all her palaces. He ruined her fortified cities. He made everyone in daughter Judah mourn and lament. He destroyed his temple as if it were a vineyard. He destroyed his appointed meeting place. The Lord has made those in Zion forget both the festivals and the Sabbaths. In his fierce anger, he has spurned both king and priest. The Lord rejected his altar and abhorred his temple. He handed over to the enemy Jerusalem's palace walls. The enemy shouted in the Lord's temple as if it were a feast day. The Lord was determined to tear down daughter Zion's wall. He prepared to knock it down. He did not withdraw his hand from destroying. He made the ramparts and fortified walls lament. Together they mourned their ruin. Her city gates have fallen to the ground. He smashed to bits the bars that lock her gates. Her king and princes were taken into exile. There is no more guidance available. As for her prophets, they no longer receive a vision from the Lord. The elders of daughter Zion sit on the ground in silence. They have thrown dirt on their heads. They have dressed in sackcloth. Jerusalem's young women stare down at the ground. My eyes are worn out from weeping. My stomach is in knots. 
My heart is poured out on the ground due to the destruction of my helpless people. Children and infants faint in the town squares. Children say to their mothers, where are food and drink? They faint like a wounded warrior in the city squares. They die slowly in their mother's arms. With what can I equate you? To what can I compare you, O daughter Jerusalem? To what can I liken you, so that I might comfort you, O virgin daughter Zion? Your wound is as deep as the sea. Who can heal you? Your prophets saw visions for you. They were worthless whitewash. They failed to expose your sin so as to restore your fortunes. They saw oracles for you that were worthless lies. All who passed by on the road clapped their hands to mock you. They sneered and shook their heads at daughter Jerusalem. Ha! Is this the city they call the perfection of beauty, the source of joy of the whole earth? All your enemies gloated over you. They sneered and gnashed their teeth. They said, we have destroyed her. Ha! We have waited a long time for this day. We have lived to see it. The Lord has done what he planned. He has fulfilled his promise that he threatened long ago. He has overthrown you without mercy. He has enabled the enemy to gloat over you. He has exalted your adversary's power. Cry out from your heart to the Lord, O wall of daughter Zion. Make your tears flow like a river all day and all night long. Do not rest. Do not let your tears stop. Get up. Cry out in the night when the night watches start. Pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for your children's lives. They are fainting from hunger at every street corner. Jerusalem speaks. Look, O Lord, consider. Whom have you ever afflicted like this? Should women eat their offspring, their healthy infants? Should priests and prophets be killed in the Lord's sanctuary? The young boys and old men lie dead on the ground in the streets. My young women and my young men have fallen by the sword. You killed them when you were angry. You slaughtered them without mercy. As if it were a feast day, you call enemies to terrify me on every side. On the day of the Lord's anger, no one escaped or survived. My enemy has finished off those healthy infants whom I bore and raised. Lamentations chapter 3. The prophet speaks. I am the man who has experienced affliction from the rod of the Lord's wrath. He drove me into captivity and made me walk in darkness and not light. He repeatedly attacks me. He turns his hand against me all day long. He has made my mortal skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with bitter hardship. He has made me reside in deepest darkness, like those who died long ago. He has walled me in so I cannot get out. He has weighted me down with heavy prison chains. Also, when I cry out desperately for help, he has shut out my prayer. He has blocked every road I take with a wall of hewn stones. He has made every path impassable. To me, he is like a bear lying in ambush, like a hidden lion stalking its prey. He has obstructed my paths and torn me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrow. He shot his arrows into my heart. I have become the laughingstock of all people. Their mocking song all day long. He has given me my fill of bitter herbs and made me drunk with bitterness. He ground my teeth in gravel. He trampled me in the dust. I am deprived of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I said, my endurance has expired. I have lost all hope of deliverance from the Lord. Remember my impoverished, homeless condition, which is a bitter poison. I continually think about this and am depressed. But this I call to mind. Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loyal kindness never ceases. 
His compassions never end. They are fresh every morning. Your faithfulness is abundant. My portion is the Lord. I have said to myself, so I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who trust in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait patiently for deliverance from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let a person sit alone in silence when the Lord is disciplining him. Let him bury his face in the dust. Perhaps there is hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who hits him. Let him have his fill of insults. For the Lord will not reject us forever. Though he causes us grief, he then has compassion on us according to the abundance of his loyal kindness. For he is not predisposed to afflict or to grieve people, to crush underfoot all the earth's prisoners, to deprive a person of his rights in the presence of the Most High, to defraud a person in a lawsuit. The Lord does not approve of such things. Whose command ever fulfilled unless the Lord decreed it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that everything comes, both calamity and blessing? Why should any living person complain when punished for his sins? Let us carefully examine our ways and let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. We have blatantly rebelled. You have not forgiven. You shrouded yourself with anger and then pursued us. You killed without mercy. You shrouded yourself with a cloud so that no prayer could get through. You make us like filthy scum in the estimation of the nations. All our enemies have gloated over us. Panic and pitfall have come upon us. Devastation and destruction. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. Tears flow from my eyes and will not stop. There will be no break until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees what has happened. What my eyes see grieves me. All the suffering of the daughters in my city. For no good reason, my enemies hunted me down like a bird. They shut me up in a pit and threw stones at me. The waters closed over my head. I thought I was about to die. I have called on your name, O Lord, from the deepest pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near on the day I called to you. You said, do not fear. O Lord, you championed my cause. You redeemed my life. You have seen the wrong done to me, O Lord. Pronounce judgment on my behalf. You have seen all their vengeance, all their plots against me. You have heard their taunts, O Lord, all their plots against me. My assailants revile and conspire against me all day long. Watch them from morning to evening. I am the object of their mocking songs. Pay them back what they deserve, O Lord, according to what they have done. Give them a distraught heart. May your curse be on them. Pursue them in anger and eradicate them from under the Lord's heaven. New Testament reading, Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 35. The Jerusalem Council. Now some men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. When Paul and Barnabas had a major argument and debate with them, the church appointed Paul and Barnabas and some others from among them to go up to meet with the apostles and elders in Jerusalem about this point of disagreement. So they were sent on their way by the church, and as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, they were relating at length the conversion of the Gentiles and bringing great joy to all the brothers. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all the things God had done with them. But some from the religious party of the Pharisees who had believed stood up and said, It is necessary to circumcise the Gentiles and to order them to observe the law of Moses. 
Both the apostles and the elders met together to deliberate about this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that some time ago God chose me to preach to the Gentiles so they would hear the message of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, has testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between them and us, cleansing their hearts by faith. So now, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they are. The whole group kept quiet and listened to Barnabas and Paul while they explained all the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. After they stopped speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has explained how God first concerned himself to select from among the Gentiles a people for his name. The words of the prophets agree with this as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the fallen tent of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, namely all the Gentiles I have called to be my own, says the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore, I conclude that we should not cause extra difficulty for those among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we should write them a letter telling them to abstain from things defiled by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For Moses has had those who proclaim him in every town from ancient times because he is read aloud in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to send men chosen from among them Judas called Barsabbas, and Silas, leaders among the brothers to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent this letter with them. From the apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile brothers and sisters in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some have gone out from among us with no orders from us and have confused you, upsetting your minds by what they said, we have unanimously decided to choose men to send to you along with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas, who will tell you these things themselves in person, for it seemed best to the Holy Spirit and to us not to place any greater burden on you than these necessary rules, that you abstain from meat that has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from doing these things, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were dismissed, they went down to Antioch, and after gathering the entire group together, they delivered the letter. When they read it aloud, the people rejoiced at its encouragement. Both Judas and Silas, who were prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with a long speech. After they had spent some time there, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and proclaiming, along with many others, the word of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Father God, I thank you for your word. Thank you, O oh God, for lamentations, O oh God. At times it can be um, very explicit, O oh God, about the judgment, O oh God, and, and, and the results and the consequences of our sin, O oh God. The rightful judgment, by the way, that, that we so deserved, O oh God. But I thank you, O oh God, that even in lamentations, O oh God, we can hear. We can hear, O oh God, 
echoes, oh God, of depression, oh God, and anxiety, talking about their stomach tied in knots, oh God, and and feeling um, angst and anger and all of these emotions, oh God, that we're sometimes afraid or uh, shy to express among the saints, oh God, or express out loud to others, oh God. But I thank you, oh God, that your scriptures, oh God, absolutely do contain the full range of emotions, oh God, and that it does actually uh, uh, document, oh God, even the state of mental health, oh God, among the prophets, oh God. And I thank you. Thank you, oh God, for that, oh God, that we know that because of your grace, we have room to tell the truth about where we really are, oh God, mentally, emotionally, physically, oh God. Thank you for the gift, oh God, of your word that that can speak for us, oh God, even when we're speechless, that can um, give give words, oh God, to our, to our moans, to our longings, to our sighs, oh God. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit understands and interprets every sigh, every groan, every moan, oh God. And I, I thank you, oh God, for your word here in the New Testament, oh God. And, and just this penchant, oh God, for legalism, oh God, that we all tend toward, oh God. I thank you. Oh God, that they, that the apostles, oh God, and disciples, oh God, were truly uh, men of honor and valor and integrity who were determined to make sure that they had these theological um, disagreements were evaluated and assessed under the power of uh, your word given to us the power and the gospel mandate given to them, O oh God, by Jesus Christ. Thank you, O oh God, that we, O oh Lord, have uh, the liberty by the power of the Holy Spirit to honor you, O oh God, with our lives, O oh God, not to go and return back to trying to fulfill every jot and tittle of the law. That is not what you called us to do. That's not something we can do. It's a weight that we cannot bear, O oh God, just as the as the uh, uh, apostles testified that they were like, we couldn't fulfill this. We couldn't bear this. Why would we put that on the Gentiles? God, I thank you. Thank you, oh God, that by the power of the spirit, we're able to, to honor you, oh God, with our lives, oh God. But I thank you, Lord, that you have called us, oh God, to live lives, oh God, that reflect, oh God, the commandments, right? The, the 10 commandments that you've given us, oh God, and to honor you, oh God, in those ways, oh God, to love you with our whole mind, soul, heart, and strength, oh God, to love our neighbors as ourselves, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for, for this um, word, oh God, here in Acts 15, oh God, telling the people not to eat meat, uh, a sacrifice to idols, to, to abstain from sexual immorality, oh God. Would you help us, oh God, to live lives, oh God, that reflect our love for you, not only in our mind, not only in our heart, but with our bodies knowing that our lives do not belong to us, knowing that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and that we will indeed give account to you, the thrice holy God, for what we have said, for what we have done, O God, to our bodies, what we have done in our bodies, O God. Would you help us, O God, to steward this body, this temple that you've given us, this treasure that you've given us in these earthen vessels, vessels, O God. Would you help us, O God, to honor you with our whole life, oh God, body and soul, 
I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. What if we stopped and listened to the movement and unfolding of God's plan around us? Making Room in Advent by Betty Dickinson is an invitation away from the chaos and into the space where God is at work. Join Betty as she moves through the story of Jesus' birth and the stories of the many people that were part of the journey. Each page of this 25-part devotional is filled with an original painting that will fill you with hope and wonder during the Advent season, as well as offers spiritual practices, breath prayers, and reflection questions that allow you to truly make room for God's work in your life. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off making room in Advent plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code THEWORD. That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.